Get your Bibles out, friends. Get your word out. Get your swords out. The Lord is good today. One of the things that every year that I try to I try to do and we try to do as a leadership team is to think through, reflect on the past year, get get some words from the Lord as to you know what what themes is he giving us. Um, for the new year. We're still in that process. We've got a leadership summit coming up here in a couple weeks. We've got Vision Sunday coming up on the first weekend of February. Um, Cast a vision for the new year. Doesn't that sound fun? Man, we need a vision after the last two years that we've had. So one of the, that's one of the things we've been praying through is just, you know, what, what is the Lord saying to us? What's he been doing? What's on his heart? Um, and this morning, I want to I suggest a, a word or a theme that's been planted in my heart for a season. And I believe it, it, it needs to be one of those that sort of stays with us for 2022. Um, go to Second Chronicles chapter 20. I want, to, I want to kind of give a little bit of a story first, and then I want to share that word with you um, momentarily. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Let me pray for us, too, while you're going there. Father, we love you today. We thank you, Lord, for, for, your wor- for the worship, Lord. Thank you for the music, God, that sweeps us into your presence. Thanks, Lord, for bringing us to the heart of worship. You are our Father. You are our beloved. We love you. We desire you today. We want to encounter you today. We want to learn more about you in your word. We want to be transformed by what we learn. We want to encounter you in the word. Lord, as, as, as Chuck and Megan have already said, we want to sort of set our face in the right posture as we go into this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Second Chronicles chapter 20. We've taught on this, it's been a number of months. Was it even this year? I don't even know. Everything kind of runs together. It wasn't this year, maybe before. We've spoken on it a lot. It's, it's one of my favorite stories in, in the Bible. Um, uh, and it involves a sort of a, a king named Jehoshaphat. And it involves a crisis of faith during his time of leading God's people. Like many of these stories, it involves enemies of God and the people of God and whether or not God's going to come to the rescue and show up. I feel like that's a common story in human history. Is God going to come through? So in this particular story, there's a vast army that's coming against them from Edom, um, a, a surrounding neighbor. It says this early on in the chapter that Jehoshaphat resolves to inquire of the Lord and proclaims a fast for all of Judah. He goes to prayer, he goes calls for all the people, a fast for all of the people. Um, And he says these famous words um, in in verse 12 of chapter 20. Um, He outlines the case before the Lord and he says this, for we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And all the men of Judah with their wives and children, little ones, stood there before the Lord. It goes on to talk, and the Lord raises up a, a prophetic word that encourages the people. God's going to come to the rescue like he always does. 
um, in chapter 21, with this, with this prophetic word in their hearts, the people resolve to meet the enemy on the battlefield. I think it's important to know that, that the Lord's promise is not to dissolve the battle, to take the fight away, but his promise is to bring victory in the fight. I feel like it's been, it's been two years of, of, of a fight in, in, in many ways for many of us. Culturally, there's been a tremendous fight. There's been upheaval. There's been separation. Of course, there's literally been fighting and violence in the streets of our nation. Um, in families and in homes, there's been uncertainty and tension and division. Many of you have faced that in your own extended families, the fighting and the division that's, that's happening. The Lord has never promised to, to eliminate the fight. Um, he says, the battle is not yours, but God's. He said, uh, this prophetic word says, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. I think that's a word for us. Go out and face them tomorrow. Whatever 2022 holds, whatever is around the bend for us, whatever enemy is waiting for us, go out and face it. Go out and face it. The Lord's going to be with us. But here's, here's, here's what I wanted to land on this morning. So they go out, they go for the, they, they head into the desert. Um, Jehoshaphat stands, gives them another word of encouragement, a final pep talk. Listen to me, have faith in the Lord your God. You will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. Verse 21, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army. Don't miss what's happening here. That's really significant. That's so contrary to every sort of tactic of warfare. And Jehoshaphat knows that. This is, not, this is so contrary to common sense. You know, even if God's promised victory, you know, you're still, you're still going to send your best fighters out on the front line. You're still going to send your advanced infantry in. But something is so... Power, something is moving in Jehoshaphat's heart. So he is so gripped with this promise of the Lord that he decides, no, we're going to flip things around. You on the front line, you warriors on the front line, you guys are going to come to the back. You're my best, you, guys, you're my best warriors. I love you guys. You've been training for this day. You love the Lord. You're skilled in battle. You're, you weigh like 300 pounds. You're ripped. But I want you guys to fall to the back. And I want to move, I want to move our, our worship team up to the front. My Levites and my priests, my worshipers, the ones who are skilled with the tambourine and the lyre and the flute and these drums. I want you guys to go to the front lines. You're going to lead the way. And I, I don't know what happened in this conversation conversation, you know, I, I don't know if there's a whole lot of looks back and forth, a whole lot of raised eyebrows. I, I wasn't there for that, but there's something so powerful about this that, that Jehoshaphat says, I want to lead the way into warfare with worship. I want to engage the enemy, not with the spear, not with the sword, but I want to engage the enemy with praise and thanksgiving. That's huge, you guys. That is so unheard of. No one in the ancient Near East would have even fathomed doing something like this. The Canaanites, they had their gods. They did their sacrifices. They had, you can't even fathom saying, hey, you know, let's, let's, let's send all of our Baal prophets at the head of the line. They were looking and say, are you out of your mind? 
No, we're not going to put the prophets there. We're going to put our warriors. They couldn't fathom this. But Jehoshaphat is so gripped with this promise of God that he says, we're going to lead the way into battle with praise and thank. We are literally, we are literally going to go into battle with worship leading the way. So he appoints men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his host. So they go, they lead the way. They've got their songs. They're singing songs about the splendor. They're not even singing songs of victory. They're not even singing songs of God smite my enemies. God strike them dead. They're not even singing those. These are songs of adoration about the beauty of God. That's what they are. And they're singing these songs that it's almost—it's like they're not even looking at the enemy. They're, they're just looking up with their hands lifted up as they're making their way into the battlefield, singing songs about how beautiful the holiness of God is. That is wild. And so, verse 22, as they began to sing in praise. As they began to sing in praise. As they began to worship, the Lord set ambushes against the enemy. Worship brings breakthrough in warfare. It brings breakthrough in the battlefield. And so I want us to posture ourselves moving into 2021 Gripped with a conviction that praise and thank 2022. You're right. It's just been so. Skylar, help me out. Come on. <laughs> Dear Lord, never repeat this year. Um, gripped with a conviction, as Joe said, that the spear point of our warfare is praise and thanksgiving. Psalm 100 says this, enter his gates with what? In his courts with? Psalm 35, 18 says, I will give thanks in the great assembly. Psalm 69, 29 through 30. Psalm 95, 1 through 2. Psalm 100, verse 4. Psalm 106, verse 1. Psalm 106, verse 47. 107, verse 1. 118, verse 19. Psalm 119, verse 62. All of those speak about thanksgiving to the Lord. That's just a few of them that I wrote down this morning. The power of gratitude and praise and thanksgiving in the life of the believer cannot be overestimated. And we reserve these kind of teachings for Thanksgiving holiday. It's like the obligatory, let's be thankful for all of our blessings in our life. Okay, that's good, fine. Let's carve up a turkey and be thankful for all the people that are... I'm telling you, this is warfare that we're talking about. We've got to understand what's at stake in 2022. That the battle is getting real. That the, the, the enemy is using real bullets to cause real damage and real hurt. And we've got to be prepared and we've got to understand what are the tactics that he's using and what do we need to do to combat that. And I want to suggest that our number one, our number one ammunition needs to be thanksgiving and praise and worship and gratitude going forward. Express gratitude. I wrote this down. Reorient. Why do, why, why, first of all, why? 
Why is thanksgiving and praise so powerful in this context? Why did it change the course of battle for Jehoshaphat? Because here's what I believe. It reorients our hearts and minds to ultimate truth. You see, when you're leading the way into battle with a sword and a spear, it's so easy to believe that that sword and the spear is how you're going to win the battle. Or to put it in our own context, when you face a problem with your own wisdom in, in play, when, when you're driven to, 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 to handle whatever we're having to handle, and all you can think about is your own strategy, your own wisdom, you're con- you find yourself convinced that that is the source of your victory, is your own wisdom, and that's not the case whatsoever. Gratitude and thanksgiving and praise, it reorients our way of thinking, and it tells us, you know what, the battle's not mine, the battle's the Lord's. I can have the sharpest spear in the world, metaphorically speaking, and it won't make a lick of difference if God's not in this. So God calls us to reorient our thinking, to put our hearts and our minds and our focus back on him so that he can do that. Our hearts and minds around ultimate truth. What is ultimate truth? God is good and God is in control. Those are two things. Those are two ultimate truths that we reorient ourselves around in 2022. God is good. He wants good things for your family this year. He wants good things for you this year. He loves you deeply. He does. He doesn't want to inflict damage and pain on you, but he's not some vindictive, awful God. He loves you and he wants good things for you. And he's in control. He's good and he's strong. He's not out of control. God's not wringing his hands in despair, wondering what to do about the Omicron variant or whatever else is next. He's not wringing his heads what to do about all the chaos in the world. God is in control of all of it. He's allowing bad things to happen because in his wisdom, he knows I'm going to allow bad things to happen to bring about some good for my people. But he is good and he is in control and he wants our, he wants his church to be fully grounded in that reality, to reorient ourselves around that. So our correct posture, hands up, eyes looking to him, that's a posture of trust, allows God to be in his correct posture, a posture of providing for us. God says, if you trust me, I'll meet your needs. If you can't trust me, I can't meet your needs. God says, either you're going to have the spear and go into battle, or I'm going to have the spear and go into battle. What's it going to be? So if we posture ourselves in the right place, thanksgiving, praise, gratitude, God says, good, that's exactly where you need to be. Now I can get where I need to be. I can get busy fighting battles on your behalf. All right, y'all with me on that? Okay, jump to Acts 16. New Testament story. We try to do a little bit of old, a little bit of old and new. Why? Because God is the same yesterday, today, forever. He doesn't do something in the Old Testament that he'll never do again in the new. It's the same person, the same heart, the same character. Acts chapter 16. Let's go here. All right. Time for the, time for the uh, stool to go. It's time to preach now. All right. Come on. Here we go. Acts chapter 16. I love, I love Acts. It's just this nonstop intensive action story. It's just the Holy Spirit, the, the church on fire. Um, Paul is St. Paul, the Apostle Paul, whatever you want to call him, 
Big Daddy P. He's got a friend named Silas. These guys are missionary brothers. They're going together. They're carrying the gospel wherever they go. They're doing signs and wonders. They're casting out demons. They are, they are just bringing the fire of the kingdom, and they're tearing down demonic strongholds. So they go to uh, the town of Philippi in Macedonia, and there they encounter um, a woman named Lydia, much like our Lydia, follower of God, lover of Jesus. Lydia was the, I don't know if you knew this, she was the first European convert to Christianity. The gospel has now crossed over from the Middle East into the continent of Europe. Lydia is the first of those. So they go, they encounter Lydia. Lydia's been seeking after the Lord, but she doesn't really have the full picture. Paul comes to her. Paul gives her the full picture. She's radically transformed. She invites him into their home. Come on, guys. You know, all of her, everybody, everybody in her, her home is baptized. Um, she says, if, you've, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. So they're in Philippi. This is what happens. Once when we were going to a place of prayer, that's really, really important. Our strategy is going to begin in 2022 with this. We must be in places of prayer, in postures of prayer. Once we're going to the place of prayer, we're met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. And she goes around following Paul. She's just losing, you know, she's just speaking out, yelling at the top of her, 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 her voice. These men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. So this, this spirit, it's a python spirit is what it is. She's just causing all kinds of problems. The Bible says that Paul really gets annoyed with her one day. So apparently this happens all the time. I don't know why they didn't cast it out the first day. It doesn't matter. It says that one day Paul was annoyed at this. He was irritated at this. And he finally just snaps his fingers and says, you... Shut up and come out of her. Okay, my paraphrase. Basically, that's what it is. At that moment, the spirit, the python, left her. That's good news, right? It's awesome. That's what we should be doing. We have the kingdom inside of us. We have power. Let's speak with authority. Let's see things happen. So our owners realize what happens. They're really mad. Basically, this, this girl was, was earning them a whole lot of money, fortune-telling. Now the demon is gone. The girl is free, but she's relatively useless to this guy. You're angry at it. They go to the authorities. The authorities are, are pretty upset about this. We don't know who you are, but you're causing trouble. They throw them in jail. Okay, so we've gone from prayer to a power encounter. Now we're going to persecution. Often it happens that way. When we are in postures of prayer, God brings this power to us. We begin to encounter the darkness in a powerful way. That's going to attract more of the enemy. Often we're going to find ourselves being persecuted because of walking in power and authority in the kingdom. That's okay. doesn't matter. It's going to happen. So here's what happens next. They're in this place of, uh, of persecution. Throw them in jail, basically. Um, put them in the inner sail. Verse 25, they were beaten stripped and beaten and thrown in jail. Verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were complaining, demanding to call their lawyer, making idle threats, weeping and gnashing their teeth. No, 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 and no. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. That's so awesome. You know, they were, on their, they were on their way to a prayer meeting. Prayer meeting gets disrupted. Now, you know what? We're going to have a prayer meeting again. 
We didn't make it to the place we were going. Doesn't matter. We're going to have our own prayer meeting right here tonight. Paul, what do you want to sing? I don't know. Silas, what do you want to sing? How about heart of worship? How about fight my battles? How about God turn it around? Yeah, let's sing that one, Saul. Let's go. God turn it around. They begin to sing. Maybe they were off key. Maybe they were tapping. They were praying and they were singing. By the way, this wasn't just an inward thing. They were making noise. I think that's crucial. We've got to train our minds and our lips to speak out what's inside here. Here's why it matters. They were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Doesn't say the other prisoners were singing along. They were listening. Not a whole lot to do in prison at midnight. Can't go anywhere. Lights are out. All I got to do is listen to these two crazy guys next door singing songs about some God I've never heard of. But that's really important, and here's why that matters. By the way, we want to skip over. No, um, yeah, no, I want to go back to this. We, we often want to skip over this, this, this season of persecution that drives us back to prayer. We would love to go from power encounter to power encounter, from prayer meeting to high place, power encounter, celebrating what God's doing. We're singing kingdom expansion. Man, let's, let's praise again. Let's have an, we want to go from power encounter. We just want to see the king, but we want to skip over this season of being deep in the cellar at midnight. I want to skip over that. I don't want that. I don't want to be in prison figuratively or literally. We want to avoid these difficulties and we can make a choice during these seasons, during those times when you feel that you are trapped and you are stuck and things are not going according to plan. You can complain to one another, to your spouse, to your kids, to your boss, to your friends, complain to God. You can become complacent. In other words, you may not be complaining, but you're kind of like just settling for it. You know, like, uh, it is what it is. C'est la vie. This is just life. That's complacency. It's not as bad as complaining, but it's just kind of like this. Eh. You, be, you can become bitter. You can begin to scheme and, and figure a way out and blame other people. That's one approach. Or you can follow their example and say, you know what? In this situation, I have every right to complain and criticize and be bitter, but I'm going to pray, I'm going to praise God with thanksgiving and gratitude. But I want to suggest this that your ability to endure difficult circumstances with praise and thanksgiving. Your ability to do that is going to be the key to someone else's power encounter with the Lord. You may not see it. People are watching you and listening to you. And your ability to endure those circumstances with not just complacency, not just silence, not just grin and bear it, but with radical worship warfare is going to be the key to someone else having a radical encounter with the Lord. 
Here's why I know that, because the story goes on. So all the other prisoners were listening to them. They're praying. They're singing hymns to God. Verse 26, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Put that in your own situation. When you practice worship warfare, thanksgiving and praise, it shakes the foundation of the prison that you're in. It really does. It really does. At once, all the prison doors flew open and Paul and Silas's chains fell off. No! What does it say? And everyone's chains came loose, you guys. That's wild. Do you see what happened here? Their willingness to go to battle and worship and praise brought freedom for everybody in the prison. They weren't praying and worshiping along. God could have said, okay, everybody who sang a song gets freed. No, it didn't say that. They were just listening. But Paul inside, their, their willingness to go to battle with worship warfare, with thanksgiving warfare, shakes the foundations of the prison and it frees every single person there. Come on, somebody say amen to that. That's good. The jailer woke up. When he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. It just, the kingdom of God provokes such incredible responses from people. It provokes the enemy to just such damage and destruction and violence. But God's power is greater. About to kill himself because he thought the prisoner had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. He goes on to, the prisoner could have run away, you know? They could have all gone, but Paul says, we are all here. There's something about this encounter that even the, even the unknown, unnamed prisoners were so caught up in this. They're like, we have the chance to go, but we can't leave. Something has happened that we can't explain. I belong in this prison, but the doors are open. What am I going to do? I've got to stay and find out who is, what's going on, what's happening. So Paul says, everybody is, is here. So the jailer calls in lights. What do I have to do to be saved? He's gripped with this. He's caught up with this. He's singing. There's a power, kingdom power greater than himself. Paul says, believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You will be saved. And all of his family is baptized. All of his family comes to faith. Why? Because of worship warfare. Because these two men are willing to, in chains, in darkness, in a smelly, dank, nasty, rat-filled prison, say, no, it's time to go to battle. So I, I'm convinced more than ever that, that moving into the new year, we can't know what's ahead. We have no idea if 2022 is going to be a great big sigh of relief or if it's going to be as bad as 21 and 20. We simply don't know. And I'm not going to pretend like I have some prophetic word and stand up here and announce that God has all kinds of things. I don't know. I really do. Some of you are, you hear the Lord. Maybe you do. I don't hear that. But what I do hear is the words of Jehoshaphat. Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And you hear the Lord saying, the battle is the Lord's. So go into battle. Not trying to figure it all out. Not trying to fix it. Go into battle with thanksgiving and gratitude. With worship and praise and prayer. All right, last two things. Y'all come on up. Jim, Lydia, Jamie, you guys come on up. 
moving into the new year, we must be rooted in a posture of of gratitude. And gratitude, as I said before, it's the correct perspective of reality. We are grateful when we see things as they truly are. I do believe this, though. I do believe that the Lord has new things in store this year. God is a God of new things. We are not stuck on a merry-go-round of the same old, same old. God is doing new things. He's got new things that he wants to reveal in your life and in your family this new year. It goes all the way back to the very, it goes back to the Old Testament, Isaiah 43. Isaiah is speaking to a people that are stuck. They've had a worse year than you've had. <laughs> and Isaiah 43 is, it's like going to Malone's and getting the big, porterhouse. I mean, there is so much juicy, tender deliciousness in this chapter. I can't even tell you. Come on, just read it. Look how it begins. Look at how this, look at how his word to you begins. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jackie, he who formed you, Emma, do not fear. (laughs) For I've redeemed you. Goes on to say this forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Forget about 21. Forget about 2020. Don't dwell on those. Don't dwell on the difficult year that we've had, Megan. Don't dwell on the loss of my dad. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you see it, says God? Don't you see it? Can't you sense it, the Lord says? I'm making a way in the wilderness. You know what a wilderness is? A wilderness is like brush, vines and trees. It's not like the redwood forest where you can walk through. A wilderness is like scrub where you can't even walk. God says, I'm making a way through that. I'm making streams in the desert. To a people in the wilderness and in the desert, this is good news. Revelation 21. This is the final word. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. 
and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. It's good news.